0: Good evening. Good evening. I hope I have that turned on. Everybody, hear me? Uh, if you've ever, if you were a camper at Green Valley Bible Camp, raise your hand. Keep your hands up. If you're a counselor or have been a counselor at Green Valley Bible Camp, raise your hand. If you have ever visited Green Valley Bible Camp, raise your hand. Everybody, look around. That's quite a few people. So everybody's uh, there's a lot of people that are familiar with Green Valley Bible Camp. And so uh, the things that we talk about tonight, um, far as facilities go and so on, uh, should some of you should remember uh, the shape that some of these things were in. But before we get going, hold on, it's on. How about we do that? There we go. I was, hitting the, I, was I was, blinding somebody with that little laser is what's happening. <clears throat> uh, as was mentioned in the prayer, uh, everybody has concerns in their life some people have concerns about parents who are not faithful members of the Lord's body some people have concerns about children who are not faithful members of the Lord's body some people are having difficulty with sickness I don't know what it is about us as human beings, and I don't know if it's this generation or if it's always been this way, but well, sometimes we keep these things pretty private, and uh, we, have, we have what we call secret sufferers uh, in our midst. And uh, I would encourage you, if you are a secret sufferer, to share not only your concerns, with God through prayer, but find somebody to confide in. Because I want to tell you that there's never been a human being who did not have a struggle in their life. Not a single one. Tonight, my daughter is finishing up a 14 hour flight from Istanbul, Turkey to Los Angeles, California. I can't tell you how uneasy I've been the whole time she's been gone. She spent 10 days in Nepal. Nepal is sandwiched between India and China. It's right at the base of the Himalayan mountains. And uh, she has a friend who about a year ago this time flew over there to to start a two-year stint in the Peace Corps. And another high school friend of hers and her decided they were going to go over there and see her during this time. Now, when I raised my kids to to leave the house and to fly away from the nest, I did not raise them to stay at home, but that's a little too far. (laughs) And to go through Istanbul, Turkey, going and coming just as all of the things that were being done and happening in the Middle East, what horrible timing. What horrible timing for a father to have a daughter going through there. Dad, it'll be all right. She thinks I worry too much. And I probably do. But uh, you can be rest assured that every day uh, I, I prayed to God privately for her safety and with my wife. And sometimes we have to lay it all out there and let God take care of and so that's what I'm going to ask you to do tonight, to lay all those cares and concerns to one side and to try to try to focus and, and look at what we're doing tonight. That's the sign that's outside Green Valley Bible Camp. It's been there a long time, and I hope it continues to be there uh, a lot longer through many more generations. So this is an update, uh, January 2020. We were supposed to have a board meeting The 11th of January, uh, we had a pretty good amount of ice and sleet on the roads come through on Saturday. So we had to postpone that meeting until February. So uh, some of this, most of this material is either stuff that I have compiled myself, the photographs at camp, and or uh, have come from our treasurer, who is now Dennis McDowell. He's also our registrar. He's actually taken on another responsibility because Dave Williams, uh, our treasurer for many years, uh, is, uh, is probably uh, suffering from, from cancer. Um, if, if he is still uh, with us on this earth, I'm not sure. So here are the statistics for 2019. This is week eight. This is our session of camp. We had 62 female campers registered, 60 male campers thirty-four adults three baptisms and uh... we studied this past year the book of james which uh... i thought was a real good practical uh... book for us to study that study this year is yet to be determined uh... try to have that figured out by the end of february and uh... and start thinking about those things i'll probably put in probably a minimum of sixty hours trying to go through all this stuff I do send out emails from time to time asking the opinions of uh, some of our other uh, some of our counselors about particular studies and and things that we want to look at make sure that we're kinda all on the same page with these things but those those things will all be uh, figured out I want to put a face with the people who were baptized this is Mallory and Preston and Max they all uh, attend at the uh, church in Seneca and uh, while we do not go to camp for the specific purpose of baptizing kids it is and can be a transformational week. Kids leave Green Valley Bible camp wishing they didn't have to leave. We have kids coming in, uh, numerous kids actually, whose parents are not members of the Lord's body. Therefore when they leave Green Valley Bible Camp, not only are they going back into the world, but they're going back into the world with very little support. And two of these kids, uh, two of these kids right here are like that. Now Mallory Her dad is Will. He's been one of our counselors for a long time. But I like Green Valley Bible Camp because I would like to think that that one week out of the year, uh, it is about as close to heaven as we're going to get. I don't watch any TV that week. And for some reason, I don't have any withdrawals from watching TV that week. I I stay busy. Um, The outside influence of the world is limited there. I'm not saying it's non-existent, but, but it's limited, and there is a lot of support for everybody who is there, and when a child decides they want to put the Lord on in baptism, and uh, we have people who will uh, uh, visit with them, and talk to them, ask them questions, make sure they understand what they're doing, uh, we certainly don't. Uh, prohibit that from taking place. This, now this right here, that's Kirk. (laughs) And you're going to say, what in the world are you guys doing? Are you getting ready to hit this guy in the nose with his fist? No, this guy's about ready to drop his nose or his chest down on the fist. This was an icebreaker activity that we did on Sunday night. Uh, One of our counselors, Andrea Hullett, takes care of that for us and uh, the kids get a chance to get up and move around and and become acquainted with each other some of them reacquainted but uh, we needed to make sure that those push-ups were done right you know we're going to do everything decently and in order and we did it (laughs) we'll make sure it was right so here's a morning class Uh, I I'm lucky enough um, to get to do cabin check which uh, entails a lot of climbing around and moving around. And uh, this year I kind of passed that baton on to somebody else. So that gave me a chance to go through and look at some of the classes to see what was going on. And and you all know that this is is J.R. Weaver right here leading this class, and I believe this is a junior class. Is that correct on the steps? This is a junior class. So they're there for about 45 minutes uh, for a class period. We have a, we'll have a class every morning uh, and that will be followed by a discussion time and then uh, we go and sing for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour uh, and then we break uh, for lunch. Uh, this is the pavilion as it was last summer. And uh, the reason I took this picture is because the young man who's leading singing here is from Mill Street, that's Grady Stevenson. Grady's a senior in high school, he's in FFA. And uh, (coughs) Grady doesn't get up in front of people. Grady's a private young man. He's hard to visit with. He's a lot like his dad in that respect. And so I took that picture, and I sent it to his mother um, so she could have an idea of, of the fact that he kind of stepped out of his comfort zone to do that. But also, the reason, one of the reasons why I put this picture in is because you have this roof line up here. That is the newest part of the pavilion. Then you also see this beam running across right here. Uh, that's a beam that was the side, side of the uh, old part. And you see, see these beams coming down right here, right in the middle of everything. Those are no longer there. Somebody came and took all that down and hauled it all away. When I show you uh, the pictures of the new construction, w- this, this right, we, we're actually facing north here. The new pavilion will face the other way it's going to face south, it'll face the Boys Hill because right behind this is a road that's not only good for driving the Geo Metro up and down during a skid on Friday night or Wednesday night, but uh, our camp, some of our camp staff live back here in a cabin back behind the pool and so of an evening they, they drive back and forth and it can cause a little bit of distraction. The other thing is you have your restrooms right here and so chances are good that when somebody gets up to go to the restroom, they're, they're having to get up and walk this way and come around and go around the outside wall or around the back of the chairs and up, and it kind of disturbs everybody. And we're hoping that by facing it the other way, it'll be less of a disruption for people to go the other way. One, another reason why I'm telling you this is so that you who come down and visit us during the week um, will know that you will need to come in on this on this side now instead of of the other side uh, here is a morning devotion will king leads those this is uh, pretty much all of our campers a few of our counselors a lot of our counselors stand off to one side uh, back back this way away from that group where i'm taking the photo and uh, and so that's how we start every day is with a morning devotion. Uh, That's yours truly. And these are the superstars. That's Mallory and Briley and Jasmine and Aaron. Now, now they look really happy, don't they? They didn't say, hey, Bob, take a picture with us. It was, hey, girls, come over here and take a picture with me so I can look cool. (laughs) And so they obliged me, and they, they do look happy. But we try to have some fun at camp. Now here's a group of the whole, whole bunch. Uh, And I believe this is Saturday morning, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure who that is up there, but that is not a kid with his ears, thumbs in his ears, and and doing that with his hands. I have not been able to figure out who that is. Somebody can tell me later. But uh, at any rate, We've got a lot of our counselors here along the front row. There's uh, Senior Doug right there in the middle. There's another Shoto White and another one. Uh, by the way, this young lady right here and this young lady right here are, are very valuable to us and have been for a few years since they decided they couldn't climb the hill anymore. They uh, actually, uh, somebody from Seneca brings a trailer down a camper trailer and they park a camper trailer out there and they help us take care of things behind the scenes that allows everybody else to go ahead and continue doing what they're doing because back in the old days uh... Um, Kay and Mrs. Bond both can tell you that it was usually one of the older uh, you know, the, the female counselors who are in cabins one or two that were doing all this stuff before and they still had responsibilities with the kids and it made it tough. And so I, want, I appreciate those folks coming uh, every year being with us. The last few years, Doug and Karen have been in a, also in a camper and uh, helped to take care of those items as they, as they come up. I want to thank them for that. Oh, yeah, we had a new record youngest camper that's about right there related to the dingley somehow Uh, but uh, from the very beginning from the very beginning this one Katie said I'm going to camp no matter what well we were kind of touch and go there for a while but she made it work she wanted to be there Okay, so I want to I show you this graph starting in 2005. It goes to 2019. It shows the number of overnight campers. This is total for all nine weeks at Green Valley Bible Camp. Uh, you can see that it's gone up, it's gone down, a little bit up. There was an upward trend. We dropped, came back up. And as you're going to see later in some of our other uh, charts, uh, it's kind of a natural, I guess, ebb and flow, if you will, of, of campers um, attending, for any number of reasons there's a fluctuation <coughs> in campers. This was two years ago was um, the lowest that we've ever had, and, uh, and we rebounded a little bit uh, last year, but that kind of gives you an idea of the, of the total numbers. All right, so here, the next two slides are the board summary and the detailed board summary. We get these every year and these are the statistics for the camp and uh, I want you to kind of see uh, where we fall here in all of this. So, oops. so here we are, week eight, this is the total number of campers we had, 122. Well if you go down through here you got 122, 96, 106, 64, 129, 167, 175. Uh, you have two two sessions here who had a significantly greater number than uh, the others. Uh, those come from uh, more of metropolitan areas, Bentonville, I believe, and uh, also Rogers. At any rate, uh, we we are uh, in the top four or five. And if you go go back through here and you look. Uh, we're number four there. Uh, we're about uh, number four there. We're, we're about in that same range all the way back. Now, you're going to go back all the way over here, and you're going to see a 175, I believe that is. Yes, a 175 <clears throat> back in 2010. I don't know what it was about 2010 that there was 175 kids there, but... Um, you can see that overall, from here to here, numbers uh, have gone down a little bit. So, for whatever reason, that's what happens. Um, we have dollars generated by PayPal, which was the online. You can see how much uh, we're getting for those registrations. Uh, we, had a, we had a jump. In registration fee here, uh, things things went up in price a little bit. Uh, matter of fact, right there is your cost: 120, 110, 190. So we've had to, over time, uh, increase um, what it costs for campers to go to, basically support the camp for the week that they're there. And you need to understand that what we get from registrations takes care of that week's camp and some routine minor maintenance issues. That, that money do, does not cover any major uh, construction or anything that, that we need to redo. Uh, for example, uh, the bridge on the boys' side as you come down the hill there by the pool where all the copperheads are, that's Copperhead Alley right there, uh, <clears throat> that that bridge has to be replaced. Uh, Eric helped me get it to where it was usable where we wouldn't fall through. But at any rate, uh, those are the kinds of routine things that, that these this would cover. So here's the detailed report. Uh, I thought this was interesting, there were um, 39 total camper ships used through all nine weeks. You had one week that had zero, we had two kids use the camper ships. Now what that is, is there's actually a fund uh, that's available uh, that will allow a kid to go to camp if they can't afford to go. I want to encourage you to not let a child not go to camp because they can't afford it or they can't find a way to pay for it. Now, I know the church here would probably be willing to to help, and and most are. That's why this number isn't bigger, but you have one week here where they used eight. Don't be afraid to use those. We have a good balance of kids. every year. uh, It's about even. Some years we might have a few more boys. Uh, When I mean that there may be ten or more boys every now and then, but usually it's a pretty good balance of kids. Uh, Over here it shows the no-shows, it shows the walk-up registrations, and there's our total boys and girls campers with the total here and the number of directors or uh, excuse me adults There, there we have 34 which when you look at the size of a week that we have uh, it's right there again it's in the top four or five as far as numbers go so i think we do a good job we try to get two people in each cabin if possible and we haven't had that on the women's side for a while did we achieve that this year still didn't achieve that this year so i've got these here Uh, if anybody wants to The elders want to look at that later. So, here's the new pavilion, Uh, this is a brand new slab. The other one was removed. This right here with the orange tarp over it will be the canteen area. This right here is barely visible, we'll look at it a little closer, is the wall where the projector screen and everything will look uh, back up uh, towards the hill. So, here we are looking back towards the bathhouse and the swimming pool from this corner. Uh, It's going to be about the same size. There's not much difference in size there between the two. Uh, Here we are looking from the catapa tree, which sadly is no longer there. It had to be removed. Uh, There's the back side of the wall. It's it's not a very good picture. The light was low, but uh, you, you get what you pay for. So, huh, that one didn't show up. thought I had one more, but maybe I didn't put that on there. I've got another picture from the other side. It's, it's a lot brighter here on this screen than it is here. So uh, if you want to look at that later, uh, you can uh, see, see where they're at on that. <clears throat> so Lisa's folks sold their house in southwest Colorado and bought a house in uh, Apache Junction, Colorado. The the main reason to go to uh, Apache Junction, Arizona. The main reason to go to Apache Junction, Arizona is because of a place called the Orange Patch, where they sell fresh squeezed orange juice. What they do is they take about five varieties of orange juice and they squeeze about an equal amount of each variety into this jug, this gallon jug. We buy it by the gallon, 12 bucks. That is the best orange juice you will ever have in your life. If you ever go to Apache Junction, look it up. Well, while we were there in Apache Junction, I just out of curiosity wanted to see what Fiesta Bowl tickets were going for, pretty reasonable, not bad, so I showed Lisa and because you always got to get that stamp of approval from your wife, guys. It's, it's just, it's mandatory. That's the only advice I give to young people before they get married. Guys, get the stamp of approval from your wives. Anyway, she goes, let's go. Well, that's Clemson and Ohio State. It's a playoff game. And I said, oh, okay, we'll see. I'm going to see if the price of the tickets go down. So we wait a few days. The day before the game, I bought a couple of tickets, we're halfway up the nosebleed when we'll get in, but this is the part of the story that applies to, to what I want to say as far as our lesson goes tonight. Lisa's dad and her brother-in-law dropped us off about a quarter mile from the stadium because they wanted to charge $70 for t- for parking. That was more than each ticket cost, and I told, them, I, I told Lisa I'm not paying $70 to park my vehicle. So they volunteered to drop us off, which they did. As we get closer to the stadium, we go through and cut through a parking lot, and as we exit that parking lot to go up towards the gates to go in, there's a lady sitting on a scooter and a young man there with clear bags in his hands, and she says, Ma'am, you're not going to be able to bring your purse into the stadium, you need to take it back to your car. Our car's not here. We don't have a car. So they pulled out this this card that's four and a half inches wide and six and a half inches long. And she said, Well, do you have a wallet in there? And Lisa goes, Yeah, I've got a wallet in here too. And she goes, Well, let's take a look. So she pushed the card over it, and that wallet stuck out less than a centimeter over the end of that card. What do you think? You think she'll get in with that? Uh, I don't know, she might She might get in with it. Go ahead and go on. So we know we're getting rid of the purse. Luckily my wife doesn't invest much money in purses. We get to stop number two. You're not going to be able to take that purse in there, yes we know. But what about the wallet? Yeah, I don't know, let's take a look. Well I've got binoculars around my neck. And she said, we better measure those binoculars. So we measure the binoculars. and They just barely fit inside that card. I think you'll be okay with that wallet. Go ahead. So, boy, we're just hoping when we get up to the front there and go through all the security, we're going to get to take that wallet in. We get there. Uh, Lisa starts emptying her purse, and the lady measures it. She said, you can't take that in. It's not gonna work. So while she's standing back outside of the metal detectors, I'm on the other side. She's taking everything out of her wallet and out of the purse. They gave us this plastic bag to put everything in. I, I told her I should just be, you know, be patient. We're not in a hurry. We've got plenty of time. So, so she took her time. Well, in the meantime, this older couple comes through who obviously make more money than I do, or ever will, because her purse is really nice. And they tell her she can't take it in, and she can't take in her wallet. And the older gentleman was trying to negotiate with me like I was an employee there and could help them. I said, sir, I don't know what to tell you. I said, my wife's on the other side emptying her purse and wallet too. We're both in the same boat. So my wife donated her purse and her wallet to somebody. They said it was going to a homeless shelter. I don't know, but we just didn't know. We were ignorant of the entrance requirements. At Busch Stadium in St. Louis, you take in a backpack, you take in a soft-sided cooler with drinks in it, you're good to go. But not at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. And the fact that we were ignorant of the fact did not allow us to go through with those items that were banned. If you go over to Acts chapter 17, if you go over to Acts chapter 17, Oh, I was looking at Acts 16. No wonder I can't find it. And you go over and look at verse 30 beginning. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all everywhere should repent, because He has fixed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom He has appointed, having furnished proof To all men by raising him from the dead. Ignorance is not going to be an excuse on the day of judgment. Why do adults go and spend a week in what is usually blazing hot heat, which it wasn't this year. I don't know if you noticed the sweatshirts and things. It was very comfortable. Some adults give up a week of vacation time, which is precious, to go and spend a week with kids at camp. It's not because they like staying up till midnight with girls giggling in the bunks. It's not because they like to stay up with the guys who are goofing off and doing whatever to each other in the night. It's not because they enjoy showering uh, in a facility with who knows what kind of germs floating around. It's not because they like the cafeteria food. And it's not because they like the director. It's because they don't want these kids or anybody for that matter to face the judgment in ignorance. That's why we do what we do at Green Valley Bible Camp. That's why our teachers prepare. That's why some of our ladies prepare devotions for the girls. That's why they spend hours talking to some of them about lessons they've heard or, or things that they've heard or myths that they need to refute or uh, rebuke. As Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, that's why we do what we do. That's why we want to take the gospel to the world starting here, is because we don't want anybody to face judgment in ignorance. Because this passage tells us in Acts 17. God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world. The Bible tells us that not only can God not lie, it is impossible for God to lie. And since it is impossible for God to lie, we have to know that this is going to come true someday. The board appreciates the support that the Shoto Hills congregation has given to Green Valley Bible Camp, I can tell you that this pavilion is going to take every dime that we have in the Rally for for Green Valley Fund. We've had a few things come in since that decision was made to go forth with this particular project. We're going to need to buy chairs. We're going to eventually need to uh, install some kind of a speaker system, some kind of an amplification system there. We have cut a lot of things out that were in the initial project. But we're still going to build the pavilion and it's going to be really, really nice. The new canteen is going to be really nice. The way it's, it's shown, there's going to be a cover over the front of it so that if it is inclement weather the kids can stand in dry ground waiting to get the things at the canteen we can't do it without you we can't do it without all the other congregations who support Green Valley and we appreciate it but tonight the pressing matter is are you living your life in hopes that God will overlook Your ignorance of his expectations because if you are you're living your life in a dangerous situation and nobody wants that Steve Lay preached all his life trying to prevent people from facing judgment in ignorance Doug Dingley has done the same thing with all his being When our teachers teach at Green Valley, they do that with all of their being, wanting wanting those kids to understand the truth about not only the day of judgment, but God's love and mercy and grace and, and, and all those things. But don't leave the building in hopes that you will have an excuse good enough on the day of judgment. I plead with you, to humble yourself before God and to live the way he wants you to live so that we can all spend eternity in heaven together without there being any temptation no sorrow no concerns no problems it's going to be perfect I hope you want to go bad enough to submit your life to God. If you need to do that tonight, please do so as we stand and sing.